Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, I think if they own it, uh, they'll move on. It's a bit like, and that's only me speaking personally, like when a staff member of mine makes a mistake, and you can see they made a mistake, if they're trying to fudge their way through and fluff around and lie to you, you just want, you want to kill them. But if they come up and say, listen, we've... Uh, Somehow the three of us have missed this, we apologise. Um, what can you do? You've got to put your arm around them and say, right, we'll, we'll learn from this and how do, how do we get better next time? And it's... Amelia's, Jewel, tr- Amelia's Jewels trainer Simon Miller on Scotty and Goss for breakfast this morning, of course, talking about the quokka draw stuff-up, uh, which forced the redraw yesterday and uh, has angered a lot of people, not least of whom is uh, Amelia's Jewel owner, Peter Walsh, after Amelia's Jewel went from barrier nine to barrier 14. And joining us on the show is Perth Racing CEO James Aldring, who's been very good a number of times to come on the show and we'll get his thoughts on it and his explanation for it um, uh, when we talk to him, which is now. James? James, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Guy. So, James, let's start with what happened at the draw. Um, how do you explain what occurred? Yeah, so um, I think actually um, you know, earlier this morning, Gareth gave a really, really good explanation of exactly what, what happened. Um, but uh, So the draw is conducted by uh, Racing Wagering WA. It's part of sort of the integrity of racing, really. So it's conducted by them. And obviously, as a slot holder in the race, we have to be especially distant from it because you know, there is a conflict of interest there. So we obviously laid on a cracking event yesterday morning where a lot of the overseas, or sorry, the interstate contenders uh, worked on the track at Ascot, had a lot of people there, about 400 people, and then we went into the barrier draw. The first five numbers were pulled without any issue, but when uh, the sixth ball came out of the barrel, uh, which was horse number five, it should have been called as Massimo, and it was incorrectly called as Uncommon James. The connections of Uncommon James then came and drew a barrier, and the mistake wasn't spotted. It should have been picked up at that point in time, but the mistake wasn't spotted until uh, the ball number four came out of the barrel a few draws later, which was Uncommon James. The stewards then had a discussion about what they were going to do. The mistake was spotted, so they correctly stopped the draw and they went and had a discussion. And they made the call to continue the draw and allow Massimo to come up in place of Uncommon James and select a barrier. Then finished the draw, confirmed all the positions, and everybody thought it was concluded. The railway stewards then subsequently went away and discussed and had an inquiry, as far as I'm aware, I'm obviously not involved in that, and came out and said, I'm afraid we think the, the draw was compromised from the point of the mistake. We're not happy that it was unimpeachable in terms of the integrity. Therefore, we need to redraw it from the point of the mistake. Now, I can see the logic in that. You know, there wasn't any issue with you know, the wrong balls or the wrong number of balls being in the barrel to be drawn or barriers having you know, more than one barrier number being on the table. It was purely and simply human error. And I think, as Simon Miller said this morning, you know, we just really need to own that and apologize for it and move on. But they then decided that what they were going to do was to redraw from the point of the mistake. Um, so they went away and did that. And obviously, the favourite ended up going from nine to thirteen, and sorry, I beg your pardon, nine to fourteen. And Uncommon James ended up in 
13. So, you know, some of the favourites for the race have ended up drawing very wide. It's it's disappointing. Like I, There's no two ways about it. It does not reflect well on WA Racing. And from my perspective, I really hope that they don't just think they can move on without having a really good hard look at how and why it happened and making sure it can never happen again. Um, I think they were right to redraw it as they did. They couldn't have let the existing barrier draw stand because it wasn't, you know, the integrity wasn't unquestionable. What they've done is probably the right thing um, to do it, but obviously it has generated an awful lot of negative publicity for the race, which is the last thing that we want the Perth racing. You know, we worked extraordinarily hard to create the richest race day ever staged in Western Australia, and it should be a spectacular event on Saturday. And I hope that when we get to Saturday, everybody's focusing on what happens on the track. Um, and undoubtedly, there will be a fair few more eyes on it now. Absolutely. I guess the way they did the redraw, James, was the alternative to go back to scratch and start all over again? And would that have worked or would that have just upset the people that had gotten the early draw and gotten good draws? It's very different. I can only speak personally. You know, as you know, when Perth Racing Force Hot Z drew two, I wasn't doing cartwheels, but neither was I overly disappointed. So from my perspective, if they'd have called a complete redraw, you know, it's, it's their call, they're the stewards, and you have to respect that decision. Uh, I would have respected that, but it's easy for me to say, and probably harder for, you know, Ladbrokes has represented Bella Nipotina had drawn perfectly in six. They might have quite rightly said, well, hang on a minute, we haven't done anything wrong. And I think it's, there's an important distinction here as well, because there was a redraw not that long ago in Flemington uh, for the Empire Row Stakes, I believe, when there was an error in the barrier draw. But the difference there was that they found that there was a, a ball or a marble missing from the barrel. So the draw, the integrity of the draw was compromised from the start because the setup was wrong. In this instance, they've checked everything and there's no issue with the setup integrity for the draw. It was a human error that was made. So they've made the decision that up until the point of the human error, the integrity of the draw was not compromised and therefore it should stand. Now, I can follow that logic, but equally... Again, from a personal perspective, if they'd have said, you know, at the time of the barrier draw, ladies and gents, there's been a mistake. I'm afraid we're going to wipe the slate clean and start again. Yeah, it depends where I would have drawn and how I would have felt. But, but ultimately, I would have accepted and respected that. So they had a difficult decision to make. I think, well, they've come out and acknowledged that they got it wrong. Um, and it was important that they put it right. Um, but obviously, mistakes should never have been made in the first place. Obviously, the consequences will be for the people involved will be for them to decide. What about the consequences for the event and its reputation? Are you concerned as a person that's worked very, very hard, I think, to um, A, develop events that capture the imagination of the WA public, but also B, develop events that capture the attention of the East Coast? Are you concerned that this affects our standing in that regard? It's a a double-edged sword because, you know, I... There's nothing I could have done that would have got the quokka more talked about than what happened yesterday. So the old adage, there's no such thing as bad publicity, slightly applies here. But I also I feel frustrated because there's no doubt that it does paint WA racing in an unprofessional light, I say that. Not a bad light necessarily because they have gone and done the right thing ultimately. Um, but yes, I am disappointed because there's an awful lot of people here that work very hard to get it in the headlines for the right reasons. But what I will say is that we've still got three days and people have 
relatively short memories, and I hope that by the time we get to Saturday, the only focus is on the event and the race itself. Like it, it is a $4 million contest, the richest race we've ever staged in Western Australia. It is an absolutely outstanding field of sprinters that's been assembled. You know, six horses coming across for one race in WA is exceptional. Um, you know, you've got the Melbourne Cup winning trainers and Kieran Maher and David Eustace. Um, you know, they're going to be here. You've got the likes of Bjorn Baker. You know, it's, it's really, really special to have an event like this at Ascot. And I really hope that this is the foundation from which the Quokka can go forward and become like a, a real highlight of WA's sporting landscape. You know, it is an exceptionally valuable race. It is, well, not unique, I beg your pardon. It is rare in that it is a slot race. So there, are, there aren't very many opportunities to, to see a race like this. And, and also, it creates an amazing amount of theatre. Now, yesterday was not the kind of theatre that I had hoped for or anticipated, but um, the race itself gives you a real opportunity to celebrate racing and also to, to be a bit different in the way that you present it on, uh, on the racetrack. So I'm really looking forward to what we're going to do on Saturday. I'm looking forward to a big crowd. We get a bit of luck with the weather. I'm looking forward to the party afterwards as well. Um, you have a live band in the mounting yards and... Um, I'm going to try something a bit different as well this year, probably harking back to my UK roots and lots of experiences at Royal Ascot of singing around the bandstand after racing. So something a little similar to that, but not quite the same. We're in WA. It's not, not the same as west of London. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how the atmosphere builds because even yesterday morning at the Breakfast with the Stars event where we were watching the Eastern States contenders gallop on the Ascot track, that was an amazing buzz. Uh, like, and that was 400 people in a room. I can't wait to see what it's like when you've got you know, five, six, seven thousand there. I guess that was my next question. What sort of crowd are we expecting on Saturday? So uh, it's been an interesting... Like, when we announced the Quokka oh, some months ago now, we sold out of hospitality suites and, and big facilities almost instantaneously. It was incredible. It was you know, straight up to almost railway stakes days level of the booking. You know, we have to build the the event profile. And, you know, if you didn't know what the quokka was yesterday, you probably do today if you read the papers. Um, so those GA ticket sales, you know, do take a bit more work. Um, and I know from personal experience creating new race days back in the UK, it takes two or three years minimum to build the profile of an event. So, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you know, you put on a $4 million race, you're going to get... 12,000 people there by clicking your fingers. It doesn't work like that. You know, you've got to build the event first and it has to have its own reputation, its own profile. But if we got six or seven there, that is sort of on par with where we get to some of our big pinnacles days and that would be a pretty good start. How's the weather going to treat you? I'm looking out the window now. We've got rain coming. There's a cyclone about to hit up north. Are we going to get some luck with the weather or are uh, the punters going to get wet on Saturday? It looks pretty okay for Saturday. I won't say good. I'm, you know, I am a realist, you know, so I'm not going to promise you 25 degrees and lovely warm autumn sunshine, but it looks dry. Um, doesn't look like there'll be any rain. 20-something odd degrees, so you know, pretty good weather for suits if you're a gent. Um, <laughs> and uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of sort of potentially heavy showers through the next few days, which actually works pretty well for us in terms of preparing the track. It means the track will play. I hope really fair, really evenly, um, have no jar in it. So 
be a really, really good racing surface for the very best horses. And, of course, the best two-year-olds in WA. We have the Amelia Park Caracatta Plate as well, which is our two-year-old highlight of the year. And that's a cracking race, 13 runners, some really, really good horses. And, of course, it was the race of Amelia's Jewel, who has turned into the superstar that she is, um, won last year as well as sort of the uh, conclusion of her two-year-old campaign. So it's very often a springboard to really, really significant success for a horse. So lots of eyes on that. Um, it's on terrestrial television. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, I am genuinely really looking forward to it. You've had a few months to look back on the pinnacles now with, uh, with them a few months back in the rearview mirror. How successful was it and what, what can you build off that for 2023? Yeah, I, I, I'm always pretty greedy in that I want a bit more. Um, but uh, I would have bitten your hand off at the wrist if you'd have offered me it before the pinnacles. Um, you know, crowds were 10% up year on year, which at a time when it wasn't that easy necessarily to get live crowd you know, back back into venues um, was a pretty good achievement. We had fantastic Eastern States representation. You know, they took out two of the four features with Pulele from Godolphin. Um, winning the winter bottom and that actually completed Godolphin's clean sweep of winning a group one at every group one track in Australia so I hadn't appreciated just how much they wanted to come over here and win a group one but that was very special for them and then the astrologist taking out the gold rush I knew 1.5 million dollar 1400 meter race he's subsequently gone on and got beaten a lip in Dubai in their big sprint and is now heading to Royal Ascot so it's um, it's been really good to see how the form has, has been franked and carried out sorry, carried forward globally. Um, and then obviously we had Amelia's dual winning the Norbally, which was pretty special. So the most important thing for me, really, or the two most important things through the pinnacles were the quality of the racing, which was very, very high. Um, and that, that is ultimately the cornerstone on which you build your reputation and you build your event. But also the atmosphere on course. Like I, I was really... I guess pleasantly surprised is at how engaged everybody was, particularly with the feature races. You know, they were six, seven deep around the mounting yard. There was a real buzz, a roar as the gates opened, um, and obviously some wonderful receptions when we had local winners of big races. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the pinnacles going forward. I think you know, laying on a plane to bring horses over from the east is is a big undertaking, but it, it, it's worth it because you end up becoming an Australian racing carnival and not just a Western Australian racing carnival. And, and that's how we have to think now. You know, we are part of the Australian racing landscape. We now stage you know, three group ones worth one and a half million each, a one and a half million dollar group three, which we have ambitions to grow, and a four million dollar slot race, which we also have ambitions to grow. You know, that that gives you a seat at the table with, with some of the big racing states. And, and, you know, it's much easier to make phone calls to the Melbourne Cup winning trainers, to the likes of Chris Waller and the others, to suggest that they should bring some horses over when you're operating with prize money at those kind of levels. James Aldring, always a pleasure to talk to you on the show. Thanks very much for joining us, and uh, good luck with everything on Saturday. Thank you. Really appreciate it. James Aldring, the CEO of Perth Racing, uh, giving his version of what happened uh, at the draw yesterday and obviously looking forward to what still should be a great event on Saturday for the inaugural running of the Quokka. And let's hope that it builds and uh, becomes bigger and better as the years go forward without having to do the draw twice over to get it right. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. We'll be back with more after the break.